Podcast Network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Johnson. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! There's that intense music that yeah. we've, we've grown to know and to love. Uh, Defiance, we are here at Season 3, the penultimate episode, Episode 12. Yeah. The Awakening. We are, like, so close now to the finale. But before we get before we get there, I want to introduce the lovely man to my left here. Hi, everyone. I'm uh, Jesse Klein. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at JessKlein1. That's J-E-S-S-K-L-E-I-N, the number one. Because you are always number one. Uh, always number one. And I'm Scott Moore. You can find me on Twitter at SMAN80. That's S-M-A-N-8-0. And don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube, the uh, the SoundCloud, and iTunes, yeah. and whatever else you can subscribe to. There's a lot. And definitely subscribe, uh, rate us, and give us comments because we really do love hearing those comments from you guys because a lot of times we walk right out after seeing the episode and there's a few things here that we miss. I mean, I know we do look perfect, but occasionally we miss things, so we always like to hear from them. Also, I mean, we're legitimate fans of the show, so we we just like talking about the show in general. And and it's great, and we've been, you know, watching since the beginning, and uh, and that's why you can also continue the conversation, so I love to hear from everyone on Twitter using uh, hashtag ABTVDefiance, and usually we've got quite a few people that are regular contributors to that and, and yeah. definitely love hearing from them because yeah, we do sure. love the show and we love to interact with everyone that also loves it as well yeah so with that we uh we're here at the second to last episode the, already the awakening the awakening and it was I, I we were just talking about this yeah. but it was definitely what were your overall thoughts but for me it was one of if not the but one of the favorites I was, of the season i was genuinely surprised by the amount of gore we saw yes. in this episode. I mean, we saw just full-on disemboweled people, right? And like uh, just remnants of bodies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh man, yeah, right." Uh, uh, oh mech, uh, that is no one. Don't hold me for that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was like, "That's a lot of gore." Like I didn't. I was like, "I think this is like the most gore we've seen on sci-fi." Like it was really. Uh, disturbingly gory. Yeah, it was kind of had that kind of horror feel to me a little bit in this episode. I mean, we had a few other episodes that kind of reminisced to me with that yeah. when we had the beast attack and some of these other things and interesting camera shots. And but but it's still kind of going with this theme of nobody's safe this season and yeah. continuing with this somewhat violent season that we've had to begin with overall with with a lot of the wars and battles with the different factions and and so it's kind of kept up with that really kind of very intense. <laughs> Yeah, especially this season. this episode. I, a lot of my notes are just like blank character dies question mark. Right, like just I know. me guessing whether someone's going to die or not. Like a lot of my notes, like maybe this person's gonna die. Like it just fit this episode especially and like that horror thing, especially at the end in the Macaulay's house. Mm-hmm. Like they changed the entire way that they were shooting it. They changed the filter. Yeah, they changed everything. Like that was straight up just shot like a horror movie, and it was an awesome kind of 
payoff for the leading up of this entire episode. Yeah. Uh, it, it really felt that the end sequence was amazing, like really well done. That was f- yeah. fantastic. Uh, I mean, all, all, all the lead up, but then that nice little hang that we have to wait until yeah. next week. It's like, okay. All right, what's going on? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it was really, really good from the beginning, you know, again with the, with Doc Yule yeah. being uh, controlled. Yeah. And, and you know what I found was interesting is that she's controlled, but I love that she still kind of has her personality. Yeah, they could have. And she still kind of responds like that she's being controlled. So it was kind of odd, but it's like sort of. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really interesting choice because it, it makes it hard to empathize with her. It does because Be- it's still like she's aware of it, yeah. but yet she still does it, and yet she also tells everyone else that she has to do. It was we- yeah. It's kind of weird. It's 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 a really interesting choice because I think in other sci-fi shows mm-hmm. and other times you've seen this in fantasy and sci-fi, right? Like the person's always just like, "Yes, I will do what you say," and like you can tell that it's not exactly them. that their whole like, personality has essentially changed. Or there's yeah. a lack of personality, but here it's like she still has her quips, her one-liners, her yeah. her comedic kind of sense, and can st- and still sort of. Acts and, and actually says like, "Oh, I'm being controlled," and, yeah. and it's, it's it's so I found it a little weird, but yeah, well, it's it's very interesting. I think it's actually very accurate to what happens when people like you hear those stories where it's like someone gets a brain tumor mm-hmm. and all of a sudden like they're like they're the same person except for one very specific. Right. Like they just start becoming a bank robber. Like everything else is normal about this person. They act the same. Mm-hmm. They still love the same things. It's just now there's a part of their brain. That's like, yeah, robbing banks is a good idea, right? And then they just start doing it, and I see. I think that was a kind of a very accurate way to yeah. kind of depict this kind of mind control, because um, even she was aware of it, and like we saw in earlier episodes, her like trying to figure out a way to get it and like stop it, and the programming is such that she just cannot, like, right? She can't quite go all the yeah. way to do it. But I, I, and I, I did kind of, I liked it, even though it was weird because it sort of had, like you said, like an authenticity to it in a yeah. way. It's like. Like you said, it's sort of that she has this one little issue, but everything else, she's still the same person. Yeah. Um, but it was still, I, I thought it was a different way of handling it. Yeah. Which was was weird in a sense in that way. Yeah. Because it was still like, so much of her was still able to be herself except for that one quite large thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It was like a computer program in a sense. What she said is like she was engineered for slavery, so it was almost like she was a computer. And they just were and they, running something. Right, that yeah. had her react in a certain way of what they wanted her to do, which in this case was to gather everyone up and... Yeah, for a harvest. For harvest and put them in the cages and, and basically do that. So in that sense, it was like she was the computer and that was the program that was put in her and then everything else was still her. Yeah. Well, I, I mean... Yeah, I think this all kind of is adding to the horror aspects of the mm-hmm. OMAC. Like, just like this, uh, the subtlety of just like the sound of their pods breaking into the atmosphere mm-hmm. throughout the entire episode. And you see everyone kind of wince and then like, anyway. Yeah. Like, like, that kind of thing is like also kind of building on like the, the scariness and like the fear of the people in Defiance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. And like seeing the holding cells, like even though we get that humor with Daytag, yeah. uh, who's just, who's, Daytag is continually proving that he's my favorite character in yeah. the series. Like, especially this episode. I like, even put in there, I, I think I said he's given uh, given out sass. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, him calling out Kenzie for everything mm-hmm. she's doing, and like, yeah. 
uh, and calling out Doc, uh, calling her uh, a golem. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Daytac was fantastic. And then uh, apparently his god hand has a spike in it. Yeah, I yeah. know, right? That, that that hand is full of surprises. It is. It's like uh, what, the Inspector Gadget is yeah, what exactly. it reminded me of. I was like, how many tools and things does he have in that in that arm? Yeah. Um, but I liked it because I felt like Daytac didn't have anything to lose either. So that's yeah. why he felt like he could just be no old's bar and just say whatever he wanted because at this point he has nothing to lose. Yeah. Until until he found out about Stama, mm-hmm. then that was that was when he realized he had something that he had to fight for. Right. Yeah. But I love too that uh, you know, like you said, with them in the crates and everything, it was yeah. very much like a had that horror feel to it, but also felt like they could be in a, a in an animal shelter and they just put in there, you know, like and yeah. it had that kind of feeling too, where it was like, oh, this was so the set design was really a lot of fun too. Yeah. It reminded me kind of like a hostel, yeah, like movie, uh, and a lot of a lot of the gore, like when uh, when Doc Ewell shot that Omec a bunch of times, like he had an eye fully popped mm-hmm. out and like just real. Uh, you can tell the makeup department and the effects department had a real fun day. <laughs> yeah, I mean they've been they've had a lot of uh, a lot of work yeah. to do this season. Yeah, with all the stuff that's been going on and all the different characters that have been introduced and and all the killings and everything else, they've definitely had their work cut out for them. So yeah. definitely cheers to that makeup department having to work overtime for that stuff. But uh, and we saw Samir was back. Yeah, Samir back. Yeah, uh, not getting peed on. No, I'm waiting for uh, Nolan to save him. Yeah, he seems to be a Nolan fanboy. A very, yeah, very big Nolan fanboy. Yeah. This guy, this guy's going to start going to Nolan Con. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. He's, he's going to start dressing up. Yep, uh, a lot of cosplay and lawkeeper fanfic. Yeah, yeah, all that's going to start happening. Yeah, that was uh, that was funny. Yeah. Um, with his whole, I even had it. Was like, oh, again, because I always go sexual. Yeah. I was like, oh, maybe he's gonna have a crush on him now. <laughs> I, I mean, it could be that to me. Like this no, goes into like... this goes into predictions. I think maybe Samir's gonna start a religion about Nolan. That would be like, fun. Like he because he's like praying to God and he's talking about faith, and then Nolan shows up and saves him. Like it seems like maybe Samir is going to like start a Nolan religion. You could be very right there. We, uh, I think you've had a, quite a good run this season because there were a yeah. few times where I, I had gotten a few right, but I think if we were to do the tally, you've done pretty well, especially his last couple episodes. So I could see that because you're right. That very end scene, yeah, when he's basically like praying to God and yeah. he's like, "Okay, if you're there," and then at that exact moment, he's essentially saved. So. Yeah. Uh, listen, it's not about winning. I know losing. it's not competition. Yeah. I it's, try to turn everything into sexual or competition, but that's <laughs> not what it is. But I'm just saying you've had some yeah. really, really good, really, really good stuff the past couple weeks oh, as far you. as because yeah. um, a lot of that stuff has, has has come true, especially with uh, you know the OMEC and the way that was all going to come about. Yeah. So you've definitely had some good predictions uh, throughout the season. <laughs> when Nolan hits Kenzie in the dome piece. And she just gets back up. The look on Nolan's face, it's like he doesn't understand a problem that he can't shoot. Right. (laughs) He's He's so used to just being able to... If he can't shoot it, like, Nolan does not understand what to do. Right. He's like, what do I do now? This has always worked before. Yeah, it was, uh, it reminded me a lot of Terminator. Yeah. Like, where she's, like, like slowly walking You're right, and then sort of like the way, yeah, Yeah. she moves when she gets shot at. It's like that, it is very Terminator-esque. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh... But uh, it was really funny with with him with that in that scene. But I also love the um, the scene that's the scenes that Stama had. Oh yeah, Stama was uh, excellent in this uh, episode from the beginning. You know, with the with the scene with Amanda. Yeah, 
and I thought that was a really, really, really good scene too. Well, just to see the palpable fear that yeah. she, as soon as she finds out that Tevgen is dead, mm-hmm. like she's so because that's the only thing that was standing in between right. Kenzie hurting her before. Right. So now that Tevgen's not there and Kenzie has an mm-hmm. army of Omek, like she knows she's in trouble. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it was interesting to see that. And then also see Amanda be vulnerable Yeah, as well. Like, she was just basically ready to throw in the towel. She well, was yeah, ready to I give mean, up. In Doc Ewell's, uh place, that, that entire uh, back and forth between Nolan and Amanda mm-hmm. was... Uh, was really good and about how uh, Nolan was saying the only thing he could think about was whether or not Amanda was still in charge because mm-hmm. if she was he knew that there was still a pulse there's still exactly um, there was still hope in that sense yeah, yeah. and that uh, Amanda feels very guilty for this because she's the reason why there's even enough power to bring all these OMAC down to defiance mm-hmm. that if it wasn't for her dealing with them and allowing them to get their ghoulinite then they they wouldn't be here, right? They wouldn't be in the situation. But although you know, to be fair, then they wouldn't have had enough power for right. their shields. So the VC would have just rolled on exactly. in there immediately, and, right? Or the OMEC would have or, been like, okay, well, uh, we'll just take it by force, and right, which that. which yeah. no one basically says. And also, you know, she doesn't realize the whole repercussions. You know, if if Tevgen hadn't died, then that would this wouldn't be then happening either. This would, yeah, so. You know, it's like, you know, it's that whole guilt trip thing and everything. But I, I love that little moment, that vulnerability. Yeah. Because she's always been so kind of tough. Yeah. And in control. And to have her have that weakness moment, of course, and no one, and then the little kiss and everything. I was like, all right, yeah. all right, we've got to have the requisite kiss. I think I put that in my notes. Yeah, I, I kind of I kind of hated that they kissed. I did, too. Uh, I didn't really want I But I expected it when they, when they had that moment, yeah. but I didn't didn't necessarily want it either. Just because Amanda has not really had anything to do this season, mm-hmm. and so they finally gave her something really strong and powerful, and I thought it would have been so much better if it, they left any romance out of it, and that Nolan, like, just having Nolan saying that and having her realize how strong she is right. should have been enough. Been enough, and then yeah. left at that, right. And then, like, the kiss kind of ruined it because it was like, uh, man, like, it, it doesn't have to be a romantic exactly. thing. Exactly. Like, it, it could have, like, they could, I, I'm okay with the Nolan Amanda romance, I think. I am too. I, I think, think last season it was one of the more interesting things. Exactly. The Pottinger, Nolan, Amanda kind triangle. of back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. But this kind of kind of took away from Amanda's character. Like this season, she's really had nothing except for the Pottinger episode. She's really not had much to do. No, she and, hasn't. And we were talking about that from the very yeah. beginning of the season. Is like, how are are, are they going to keep her busy in a sense yeah. and and keep her worth having a character? You know, this yeah. character be worth being around. And and so like she finally had like a really great moment, yeah. and it felt like then it kind of turned into Nolan and hers and her moment instead of just right. Hers. So sort I don't want to say it was cheapened, but in a sense, it was kind of taken away from yeah. It was just a, what it, it was, was right. And then it was sort of expected too. Like when you saw it, you're like, okay, yeah. You, you knew that was going to happen, and like you said, it kind of would have been better if they had left that part out. Yeah. But you did. We kind of talked about this last week with with Kinsey basically mm-hmm. laying the blame on Tevgen's death oh, yeah. on on Stama, on yeah. Stama. Yeah, lying and, with yeah. The, and saying that it's Stama's fault that she yeah. poisoned. Right. And actually, I actually don't think Kenzie believes it's a lie. I think by poison, the Omec might believe that what they're talking about is like a physical poison right. that, that would kill you. 
And Kenzie fully believes that Stama poisoned his spirit, his right. brain, that that because he realized that Stama was like a person that he cared for, mm-hmm. his warrior spirit was lessened and that that was poisoned. So I don't necessarily think it was a lie for like because I think she believes a hundred percent that that Tevgen was poisoned, uh, just not in the physical sense. Right. Yeah. No, I mean that's a really good point of saying that because I think she's always had this issue and that wedge when Stama was in the picture and then sort of his his transition away from being you know the OMAC that was going to come down and, and battle and yeah. take control of this planet and all the plans that basically he had been telling her and appeasing her all those years yeah. while they were in the spacecraft getting back towards, you know, finding life and finding this planet. And then he changed, and I think she did. She felt like he was poisoned, and he changed to a point of no return, and yeah. it ruined everything. And so it's a good point that you, you mentioned that. Because in a sense, he was in that yeah. way, even though she was actually the one that killed that, him. That delivered the death stroke. Right. I think she thought that it was that ne- the necess- at the time it was yeah. a kindness that he right. was no longer this great warrior and that that the the Tevgan she knew was already dead. And if she was going to be able to do what the Omec were supposed to do, she yeah. had to have him out of the picture. And I mean, that being said, she's super screwed up in this episode. And I like, mean, she's he, been super screwed up from the beginning yeah. here, but we've really seen it you know, get deeper and deeper and learn more and more as yeah. we've gone on this season. But yeah, I mean, she's really has. And again, for her to kind of warp that reality and now have the rest of the OMAC believe this and feel that they have to get revenge and everything to get them even more upset. Yeah. Is definitely making it, uh, making it a challenge. And we kind of see that there's something about OMEC physiology that, that the act of eating another sentient species, mm-hmm. like you take its strength. Yeah. And it's like these OMEC who are coming back from these deep sleeps, uh, are not as strong as they could be. Like, right. uh, maybe a little bit stronger than Kenzie before, before she ate, uh, Tevgen's heart, mm-hmm. but still not that strong. And that, a few bullet, like getting shot a bunch of times, is enough to take them out. Absolutely. Uh, but they're and now they don't have their food source that they had before because Doc does the old turnaround, mm-hmm. uh, has to deal with it. I also really like uh, and and uh, I'll get back to that point. Uh, <laughs> I realize I started a sentence in the middle oh. of another <laughs> sentence. Uh, has to deal with it and um, and now they don't have any food. Like that's. That's a huge point. Like they're they're now weaker than they were before. Mm-hmm. Like Kenzie, the all mother, has proven to be not a very good leader. She is, I, and I was wondering too. I know one of them had called her Elias at some point. And yeah, is that like supposedly That's, like the all mother? Is that some term of respect or endearment type of thing? On the subtitles, it was just a uh, Omek all mother. Uh, so so you didn't say it on my subtitles. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I said it was that. I'm like, I guess that must mean like all mother or yeah. something in their language. Yeah. But it didn't, I didn't get that extra special um, I really definition. Li- I really like how they dealt with Doc Ewell's guilt. Uh, I thought it was great because uh, she there definitely could be an entire five seasons dealing with her feeling oh, guilty yeah. about this. But the fact that uh, that no one was like, "Hey, we're in the middle of a war. We don't have time for yeah, that right suck now." Suck it up, basically. So let's just let's just let's just keep powering through, and then to put an exclamation point on it, having the streak across the sky mm-hmm. and light it up, and her being like, "Okay, yeah, yeah, it's intense yeah. time." But I I did actually, even though the scene was quick and it had to be because of time with with Amanda Nolan and 
And Dokuel, when yeah. Amanda realizes, like, okay, she's got this thing. What is this thing in her neck? And yeah. she pulls it out. And, and you know, to see uh, Dokuel have that moment. And then she takes the gun. Yeah. And then it gets her, you know. Which, again, was interesting, yeah. again, where it's like, she just gives her the gun. Yeah, well, for I, a moment, uh, I don't know about you, but I thought she was going to put the gun on herself. I did. Yeah. I did. That's why I I was really concerned. I was like, oh, my God, like, why is she just handing her the gun? Yeah. Like, again, it seemed kind of silly, like, this whole over-trusting thing after you've just seen her react a certain way. And I yeah. like, oh, well, we pulled this thing out. I guess it's fine now. Let's give you a loaded gun. Like, it yeah. was just, it was odd. And I thought, oh, my God, she's going to be so guilty that she's either going to turn on herself or, or something really bad. So... I definitely had that uh, that fear, and again thought that's dumb. That yeah. they would just hand her something. But I, I like I like Ewell's thing where they're like, "What's this on your neck?" And she's like, "Oh, it's a mole. I should yeah. really see a doctor." I should really about see it. a doctor about it. I know <laughs> her. Yeah, her her one liners are the best. And then after she shoots the Omek in the back, she's yeah. like, "Oh, Mama's got a groove back." <laughs> that was great. And, uh, uh, love love her. Uh, really good. Uh, also, just like a good delivery. Like it wasn't cheesy. Like you could tell that the, that meant a lot to no, her. No, and yeah. that's her. But in, in her way, you know, in yeah. her sense of humor and that the way she delivers those one liners, it, it, it didn't feel cheesy at all. That's what yeah. was great about it. Because that that's why it was so funny. And I really enjoyed it. And also, my other favorite line of of the, not with her, but going back to the Kinsey Daytac thing is when she calls Daytac a smug piece of white meat. Yeah. That words have consequences. I love that line too. That was pretty good. Smug piece of white meat was yeah. great. <laughs> That's what Daytac is. Yeah, and he's on the loose. Yeah, Daytac's on the loose. He's he's basically killed one Omek and uh, has a spike in his hand. Yeah. And who knows what else. What else he has in uh, that, yeah. In that Swiss Army arm. Uh, yeah. Uh, just a Swiss arm. Swiss arm, yeah. yeah, yeah uh, you don't need to take the Y on there. No, just it's just a Swiss drop arm. Drop the Y. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I liked I liked all of that kind of feeling. Like, the entire episode was definitely leading up to the final act. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I really enjoyed that feeling of, like, what is this leading up to? Like, Okay, the Omek are on the loose. We haven't seen Kenzie. Kenzie like left, like the second act break. She mm-hmm. was gone. She was gone. Yeah, and and like we hadn't seen her. And to see like the fire squad come in and free all of the the people in cages mm-hmm. and like get that really nice victory. And then to have the Alak and Stama interaction, where I don't know. I like. I still don't know who's correct. Like. I don't know if Stama was using the crisis to come and mm-hmm. and get Alak back and get Luke back. Like I don't know if she was using it because uh, she knows that like the town would protect her if she had the baby. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. I still don't know if Stama was being genuine or not. I I took it as that she you know because again it's really hard to tell. Yeah. But in this instance, I really did kind of think that. She was being genuine, but it was fascinating because you kind of had those both sides there, and yeah. you had a lot bring up some things in their past, which I thought was really kind of interesting too, because it felt very real. Yeah, like it had a it very a real very, feel, yeah. like talking about like a real mother son thing, and talking about the childhood with his friend, and and it was like, wow, this is like really real, and going back to some of the issues he's had as a kid, yeah. and really seeing the way that she has been, you know, manipulative and bringing up those exact things that she really has been. But in a sense, her power was taken away this season. Yeah. It but, really has been. But the the thing kind of pointing to that uh, Alak makes a really good point, and the thing kind of pointing to, mm-hmm. Stama's very intelligent. She, she knows, is. She knows the nature of these creatures. Yeah. If you wanted to protect your family, 
you would stay as far right. away from them as possible. She I, knows, I, right. she knows that going to Luke, number one, they're in the Macaulay's. Right. Stama, nor Tevgan ever went to the Macaulay's place. Right. Uh, She's at the Macaulay's, which is that that can now be traced. Uh, uh, Kenzie can now trace her to that mm-hmm. place. Uh, it's now a place that is no longer, no longer safe. safe. No, I, I I do get that part, and you need to bring that up. Yeah, but at the same time, it was really hard because I still felt like, you know, someone with a child. It's like you you would have the instinct that you want to go check on them and have you know you you. I don't know. Like to me, it felt like it would be hard to stay away if you knew they were out there or to warn them or or whatever. Um, I, I took it as that, and I don't know. I mean, it would be great to hear from the people there yeah. because I know you're still taking it as. I took it as that she she does love him and she did want this, and she's she is really vulnerable, knowing that Tevkin's dead and everything, knowing yes. that she no longer has that power anymore. So yes, maybe she was going to say, but okay, if I'm with the baby or I'm with them, maybe she'd be safe. But I do think she really does does love him, and she oh, loves I, her grandson, and she wants, and she and she's definitely vulnerable. And that's different from before. I 100% believe that she loves Alec and that she wants to protect her grandchild. I also 100% believe that Stama knows that without Alec and the grandchild, uh, the town of Defiance uh, would turn against her. Yeah. And she really has nowhere else to go. Right. No, no. That's why she was going there as a a last, you know, kind of thing that she had to do. But yes, it is always about Stama, and it still yeah. goes back to that. And I do agree with that. So there's a little bit of that. But you know, for a while, I did. I felt like I was like, "Wow, Lack is being really harsh because now she." Because and I get where he's yeah. coming from, but she's having this moment, and I, I think she really has kind of reached rock bottom in that sense. And she just wants to survive, and she wants her family back. And and yeah, she, I think she really was being genuine in that moment. Of, of trying to do maybe not in the right ways but yes that whole like oh yeah you're right like of course like I was dumb yeah you know I put you guys at risk I do agree she knew that all along yeah I think I for think sure. this was her plan I but think... it was a selfish way that she wanted to go check on them and she wanted to like find a way to go get with them and if she was with them that maybe yeah. it would protect her as well well I think her plan was definitely to meet with them and they then they realize mm-hmm. that now no one is safe now at no the Macaulay's mm-hmm. and they have to go leave together and uh yeah, I mean, the entire fight was great, uh, and I love the... Oh, so great, because it, it felt so real to me, like yeah. such a real mother-son or, or parent-child type and then the, situation with a young adult child. And then the Andina, afterwards, you see that she's becoming a young Stama. Yes, and I was and, so mad about that, too. Yeah, I was like, ah, oh. Where she's where she's manipulating a yes, lack already. Exactly. Like, I wouldn't go... If you care about your family, don't, don't go, go after Don't go after him. your mom. And Take then, care like, of Luke. Stay here with me and Luke. Yeah. And like, oh, okay. Uh, Okay. Yeah, I was really angry. I'm. It's kind of one of those things where I think it is very interesting to build up a character mm-hmm. and then kill and them, and then take off. them down. And I think I think that's a that's an interesting way to do things. Right. And they do that a lot in this show. They do because they did it with Zero mm-hmm. uh, and his father. Both mm-hmm. of them could have been around longer. Right. They, they did it with. They've done it with a lot of characters. A um, lot of ancillary characters that are not as important to the overall I think, story. I think, like. The, it's an in more interesting choice to replace characters. Mm-hmm. Like if Andina lives and Stama dies, which is something I don't like. I think right. Stama's a great character, right? But I also think it's a more interesting storytelling when you now are seeing that the main character is right. in, there's literally no one is the main character in Defiance except for the town. So. Yeah. 
So really, it, if it highlights that the town is the main character right. when you do kill, when you do kill, kind of major main, speaking role major characters. characters. Yes. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I really like the characters, and I don't want to see them go. Well, and I would say they yeah. are sort of the elite. Like, if you were to do a, a depiction, you could do from the Tar perspective. You know, like you could. Th- those are some yeah. of the lead characters of this town. There are yeah. those lead and Nolan, obviously, I mean, yeah, and I think it's, Arissa, and I think it's you know. the Tars, Nolan, and Arissa, and Amanda. And, yeah. And like uh, and until the season, I'd say Rafe. Right, uh, and the secondary docuol is right up there too. Yeah, she's in every episode and has at least a couple lines here and there. Yeah, but I like the way they did that because I know there was, and I, I have to look it up here. I know there's definitely on, on our, our Twitter discussion talked about you know a lack and Arissa going to have a yeah. relationship, and you you have that brief moment where like oh my god now he's going to go with Indina and it's going to kind of change that, and I I still don't think. Depending on what happens for a fourth season or going down the line, I still don't think that the Orissa Lack thing was a tease. I think they are kind of would lead it into a direction that maybe they would have some kind of a relationship yeah, down the road. Yeah, maybe. I think I think the direction that they're taking a lack where he's becoming more of a man, becoming right. more of a family man. Like right. I think that would be an interesting way to take it. And more confident and yeah. and uh you know, more out there than as like the young kid with the radio station yeah. um so, so i do still think I, I don't believe that they just did that as a little one-off throwaway thing i do believe that they could come back and revisit yeah the the relationship with him and Arissa down the line uh i uh yeah this will uh i'll save that for predictions mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but yeah i uh, i i really enjoyed it i i thought it was crazy that he just had a pistol in that baby's crib <laughs> i know i was like really it just I, I guess again kind of goes back to that you know having to be prepared kind of thing yeah. but i was like really you're gonna have that next to your baby yeah I love that whole cheesy dance uh, scene too, with with him with the baby at the in the song oh, and everything. It was great. like so cute. Yeah, Alex a great dad. Like, it was just cute. It yeah. was that little moment, and they're in the house, and it was just funny. And I'm like, oh, the baby looks so cute now. It's like getting bigger. Yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoy I enjoy uh, Dad Alack. I think yeah. Dad Alack is great. Uh, and just having that moment too, where sort of and you then, know has that where you just have this regular moment of like what everyone goes through with a newborn kind of thing and you're having that bonding moment and then all of a sudden the filter changes yes and the it was angles like, the angles exactly and the music changes yeah. and all of a sudden it's a horror movie with a long walk down the hallway and it to did feel that way you know, in yeah. that house it was the perfect setup for this kind yeah, of horror it's, feeling it's a horror house like it's, yeah. it's a lot of like wood, wood dark, dark wood, wood yeah. yeah the windows and like, the, and like p- old pictures hanging mm-hmm. up of dead people right like, exactly like it's a perfect setting uh and uh a lack answering the door and stama being pushed through mm-hmm. or uh and dean answering the door and stama being pushed through right like great and i thought it was a great moment where stama hides the uh hides that uh doll mm-hmm. to kind of like hopefully hide the fact that there's a baby, baby in, in the, the house, house. Mm-hmm. uh which again, we remember that the reason why Stama killed Christy in the first place was to protect, protect Luke. Exactly, was to keep them from seeing Luke and right. keep keep them away from Luke. Right. And uh, uh, so again, like we know, Stama's uh, like everyone. Stama is a complicated person, right? And, and that's like, what's great about it is yeah. that you see the gray areas with these characters. They're fleshed out, and you're just like, yeah. they're not just good. They're not just evil. Yeah, and they have reasons for why they're motivated to do what they do. Yeah, and it's in that gray area. Unfortunately, little bear can't keep yeah. his, can't keep his mouth shut. Yeah, that's right. That's the problem with babies. They nah. never stop talking. That's right. They never know when yeah. to be quiet. Yeah. 
and uh, and Kenzie goes and takes him. I thought there was a after world, like basically you know yeah, with Andina brutal yeah well yeah. yeah she pushes Andina's head back and snaps until that it's head back yeah. I'm like Whew. Uh, that was that was brutal. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a world where I thought she was just going to grab the baby and eat it. Like, right? <laughs> I did, too. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Because uh, you have to imagine, like, a baby must be the most delicious, delectable thing for an OMAC. You know? Uh, it's like maybe. fresh, well, I mean, delicious meat. I don't know. Okay. If we're going to get into this, uh, <laughs> I think it's not. Because I think the OMAC, the right of them eating something, that's they're, they're taking its strength. Yeah. That's so, a good point. So it has so to be, like, full. So why would you want the strength of a, a baby? baby? Yeah. You want something that's full grown that's a that yeah. knows what's going on, that yeah. has a sentient being that's, you, you know. You eat the rock. Right. Yeah, and then exactly. you get the rock, get the rock strength. And I'll finally be able to yeah. raise a single eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying since childhood, yeah. and I can't do it. Uh, sorry, I got angry for a second. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then we kind of end on that cliffhanger. Yep. It's... Uh, Which is a good cliffhanger to have. Daytax in the woods somewhere. Oh yeah, you know, he's, you know that biarm is ready. He's like making spears. Out it's of ready. Yeah. It's ready to pounce yeah. uh, at the perfect timing, which yeah. will be convenient, you know. For but it'll be great because we'll sort of end this episode and, and essentially just pick right up. I hope yeah. you know, like we had before, and just pick really right up at this moment. Yeah, for the season finale. Yeah. That, that was one thing I was very happy with. It was like, this episode started and it was like, boom, right. invasion. Right. Like, nothing else. Like, no. guys, this is happening right now. Right. Uh, Omek eating people in the woods. Mm-hmm. That's happening. Right. Like, right from the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess that essentially leads us right into predictions. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, my God. And now, so many predictions. Uh, you want to go first? <laughs> I know. I'm just trying to think. There's so many things. I mean, like... <sighs> All right. Uh, I'll go with some. Uh, uh, I'm just I th- trying to com- get it all together in, in one... I think next episode, there are a few things that are going to happen. Uh, and I'm go- I'm swinging towards the fences with these predictions. So, folks, strap in. Right. Like, uh, buckle your seatbelts for these. Number one, I think Pilar's coming back. I, I, well, it was funny. I had that listed in my notes. I'm yeah. like, because he, because he Alak actually, dropped, he name dropped yeah. her. So he's basically like, set it up for, about her, right. Yeah. And, and that, so essentially she's going to come back because we know really she never died because yeah. we never saw a body. No body, So no I death. do agree with that. Pilar's definitely coming back because that name drop. Name drop. Yep. Um, I think either Stama and Daytac are going to be in a position where they can die and Luke or Alak will live. Yeah. And they will choose themselves again. Yes. I think Alak is going to be in a position where he can die and Luke will live and he will choose to die. I think Luke's going, or Alak's going to sacrifice himself and not only like teach his son what it means to be a man, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak, but also teach Daytac and Stama what it actually means to be like a responsible person. Uh, That's an interesting one. I, I don't know if, uh, uh, that, but just because it has Pythus, right. no, it does. Uh, it does for sure. But I wasn't sure if it was going to be the other way around with Daytac being the one to die. Uh, yeah, uh, I feel like if it was going to be either one of them, if it was going to be Daytac or Alak, it would be him. See, I think it would be a lack just because yeah. 
uh, the god arm is just the thing. No, that, the god arm is fantastic, yeah. but I feel like as a way to kind of have that final. I mean, like he already did that earlier in the season, yeah. but with his son, I feel like it's a way of being able to kind of have that final. I feel like we've already had that story, right. though. We uh, have, but if if anyone, and that's probably because I don't want Stalmo to die. So yeah. if I had to give up one of the two of them, it would probably be him. Well, uh, and then uh, I think it's possible. Uh, because of the speech that Nolan and Amanda had, uh, I think it's possible that Amanda dies. I do think and that too. I, I think that she's the yeah. governor. Yeah, I think uh, that she's not safe, and that she could. And if uh, any of those lead characters were to die, I feel like she would be first. I, I would, you know, in a sense, I would want a lot to live just to be able to see his character continue to grow and learn yeah. that we didn't really get to have until the season. And so I'd hate to see him kind of taken away in that sense. So, yeah. and my own and a selfish one is that I'd want him to be around. But yes, if I was going to see anyone go away, I do think it could be potentially Amanda out of those league people. I think I think I think Amanda, especially with the what she was doing in this mm-hmm. episode, uh, if she died, uh, and then Daytac takes over as governor after mm-hmm. Alack has sacrificed himself, that's an interesting setup for the next season. It is. Uh, and Daytac and Stama get a redo on a child that they can raise uh, and raise him the correct way uh, and be actually, like, good parents towards him. Hmm. So what is going to happen with Pilar, though, in the sense that she would be in the I picture Pilar, as well? I think Pilar dies. So you think you're like, no, we'll just get rid of Pilar. I think Pilar, I think Pilar comes and saves someone yeah. and then is immediately torn immediately apart. Immediately killed. Yeah, yeah. So say, because then she's kind of in the way, so we have to have some resolution yeah. with her if that does play out. Yeah. And if you're right, I'm going to go crazy. I'm swinging towards the fences. No, but I I see a lot of it, but a lot of it makes sense, and it's sort of what I was thinking when I was watching this episode, is that, again, nobody is safe, not even these main characters, and it'll be fascinating to see, because I do feel like one or several of these main characters are going to die in this final Omek battle here. Yeah. Because, obviously, to take down Kinsey is just, I I don't even know how they're going to how they're going to do that. Yeah. Since she's so powerful now. I can see the other OMAC and everything, but how are they going to... They're going to deplete so many of their resources to kill Kinsey that it makes sense to me that some of these main characters are going to have to go. Yeah. And I think maybe the VC shows up uh, and they see the OMAC mm-hmm. and... Uh, and maybe Nolan kind the of gets rap. I mean, there's still think, that kind of in the background. I, think, I don't know. I think Nolan maybe gets a gets a pass from them because he helps kill the Omec. Mm-hmm. Like maybe just to result, like tie that up in a bow, or maybe that's next season. No, but that would be nice if they could have that somehow have a resolution, or they yeah. realize, or somehow he saves one of them while this yeah, is going on like and, and with the Omec. So there, there's so much, and I'm, I'm trying to like put it all together because I had a bunch of notes here, but I'm like. I don't know. I mean, it's because there's a lot of times where it's gone in such a different direction and how they're going to wrap all this up. Yeah. On a season to me that's taken such a turn from the previous seasons as far as raising up the the levels of intensity and yeah. killing off anybody at any time and having so much action going on this season that it's really hard to imagine to me who's safe or not and how they're going to wrap up the season. Yeah. Because it feels very much like it, it's very intense and that could end really, really crazily, really shocking. Yeah. And I still have, 
I still have Billy's thing, you know, in the back of my head from his phone call a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Some huge stuff happens. I'm like, I don't think it's happened yet. Yeah, neither do like, so, when, he, when he's like, no, no way. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, oh my God, what is that stuff? And who is it? And what happens? Yeah. And now it's always been like drilling in the back of my head. Like, this could be a really, really crazy finale next yeah, week. I agree. So it'll, it'll be interesting for sure. But until that finale, until next time, where can they find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter uh, at JessKlein1. Uh, you can also find me on YouTube every Tuesday uh, at 11 to 1. I play old video games in the video game vault with oh, my buddy it. Robert Chan. That's so awesome. I love that. As one that used to work at G4 for quite yeah. a long time. And you can find me on Twitter at SMAN80. That's SMAN80. And again, join the conversation on Twitter. Hashtag ABTVDefiance. Definitely find us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. And until next time, until the season finale, season finale. Have a good See one. you guys later. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.